In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Welcome into the Retirement Pathfinder podcast, first episode of 2021, and we're going to have some fun with it by talking about things that nobody says when it comes to uh, the financial world. And here's some things that you probably won't hear around the office at Pathfinder. Well, we're going to have some fun with it today on the show, and uh, we'll do so as always with Phil Gusky and Barbara Lane. How are you both doing today? Great, great. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, ben. same to you. Happy same New year. year, Ben and everyone. <laughs> yeah. We're doing we're doing good and uh glad for a new year. And uh hey, what's going on with you, Ben? We just you know, we we talk about Phil talks about his farm stories, which are always great stories. <laughs> and maybe my granddaughter, what's going on with her? Now what what about you? You just had a, a vacation recently. Tell us about you. Yeah, I did take a little vacation. Uh, I got some family back in Alabama and um it was kind of a small gathering and we just, we took a drive. It was a, a nine hour drive from where, where I am. And, and we had it's not a, too bad. It's not, it's, but it's long, but it's not too bad. <laughs> it's not bad, but we do have a uh, 15 month old. So oh, that yeah. was uh, the curveball in the trip. So it was, uh, it was a little <sighs> difficult, a uh, lo- lot oh, more difficult than normally. Are we there yet, Daddy? Are we there yet? <laughs> well, she's Daddy. not talking yet. So it's more just crying yeah. when she wants to say that, which is uh, maybe <laughs> even worse, but. It worked out really well. We had a great time with family, and uh, she got to meet her great grandmother for the first Aww. time. So uh, she'll we'll, that we'll have that memory forever in those pictures. Yes, so definitely worth the trip. And it was a little smoother coming back, but I'm I'm very grateful for technology, YouTube, and especially Sesame Street. They whatever they've done, uh, whatever formula they've come up with, it works very well for us. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Yeah, 15 month old. Because you had did you have to make some stops then? We made a couple. Um, we kind of time. We kind of left during her first nap, you know, and and uh, we stopped for lunch, and she'd have a nap in the afternoon, and um, it actually only took three stops on the way coming back over the course of nine hours, so it could have been a lot worse. Um, yes, so for we're grateful sure. For that, yeah, that's mm. good stuff, though. Yeah, but if uh, if we don't have to take a trip that long for a little while, I'll be okay with it. But it was <laughs> it was great for the holidays. Yeah, that part that's true. Is it? <laughs> well, yeah. hopefully. Hopefully everyone had some some time with their family um, and some loved ones as they finished out the year and enjoyed the holiday season. And, and now it's time to, to look ahead to a new year and a fresh start. And hopefully everybody's making their goals and kind of figuring out some planning things they want to take care of. Of course, we had some end of the year planning items that we talked about on our last episode that you know they're still end of year, but you can kind of use that as a reference and some things to think about as you look ahead to this year as well. So I encourage you to go online to pathfinderwealth.com, check out all of our old podcasts or and call them old. They are just archived. They're all still relevant today as they were when we recorded them. So uh, I encourage you to check those out. And you can always call Barbara and Phil at Pathfinder Wealth. The number is 815-399-9806. So I want to have some fun with this episode, uh, take a little bit of a different angle and approach to what we talk about typically. And we're talking about things nobody says. These are things you probably never heard anyone make these statements at all in the office at Pathfinder Wealth. And we'll explain why that's the case. So Let's kick it off with this one. Uh, I really regret putting money into my Roth IRA every year. <laughs> yes, Ben, I can't believe I'm going to have an account that I can access tax free. I, I don't. <laughs> terrible, terrible. I think that's awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's a never ever. Well, where are taxes going? Y'all kidding aside. The truth is, you've already paid tax on the amount you contributed or converted to a Roth IRA. 
But going forward, if it's left in there for five years, the account is a tax-free account uh, if you're under 59 and a half. Now, I think, I think that the Roth is the greatest retirement savings vehicle based on increased taxes in the future. And right now, we're in the lowest taxing environment historically with the top tax bracket at 37%. From 1936 to 1981, the top bracket never fell below 70%. Well, the new administration, I can tell you, is going to be raising taxes. So that's the consideration. And that's not coming from me. That's coming from them. That's their, that's their belief and that's their thoughts. And they've stated that mm -hmm. they're going to raise taxes. So for our listeners that are still working, I'd recommend you max out your contributions in your retirement account, in the Roth 401k specifically. If you can contribute, and you can actually contribute $19,500 if you're under age 50. If you're over age 50, you can contribute $26,000 this year and next year also. If your company only matches the contribution to the pre-tax portion of your 401k, contribute up to the match and the rest of your contributions contribute to the Roth 401k. It's really a great planning opportunity for those listeners that are still working because they can save the nineteen five dollars or 26000 in the Roth 401k as opposed to $6,000 or $7,000, depending on your age, in a Roth IRA. So you can sock away a considerable amount of money in a qualified plan such as a 401k or a 403b. And by the way, depending on your income, you can have a Roth 401k, for instance, and, and a Roth IRA, depending on your income. If your income is too high to contribute to a Roth IRA, you can consider a backdoor Roth. You just have to be careful when you're doing your taxes that the conversion is done right and you're not uh, penalized by answering questions the wrong way on your tax return. Give us a call at 815-399-9806 or you can send us an email to our website, pathfinderwealth.com and click on contact at the top. We'll be happy to respond to you. We, and we had a number of Roth conversions this month, Phil, didn't we, from people listening to, speaking of conversions, oh, well, that was a contribution. I, I'm a, yeah, we're actually getting a call just about every day yeah. about it uh, because of the last podcast we did on this topic. And uh, people are realizing the importance of at least considering it. You know, uh, Albert Einstein said that uh, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. And I would say that's true. If you look at what compound interest will do and how it doubles, triples, quadruples, but there's something that really should be considered the ninth wonder of the world. And that's the Roth IRA, because that's tax-free money in that account with the combination of compound interest, mm -hmm. unbelievable power in wealth creation there. And my biggest regret, we're going to talk about regrets here in a little bit, but my biggest <laughs> regret is that I didn't really learn or understand the power and the impact of the Roth IRA until just the last few years. I should have been piling money into that thing like crazy. I thought, well, let's put money in the 401k, traditional IRAs, and so forth, because you get a tax deduction, right? Right. Well, that is minuscule compared to the advantage of tax-free income later in life. Well, and the compounding is, is the same. The, the compounding <clears throat> of money, you know, do you want a compounding in a tax-free account or on a tax-deferred account where you're going to lose a third of it? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you won't find too many people regretting putting money into their Roth every single year. So think about that when you're making those decisions. Uh, second one, when you think about saving money, uh, do you have, you probably won't hear this one very much in retrospect, I should have spent more and saved less over the years because now I don't know what I'll do with all this money before I die. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, there's an old saying, Ben, that goes like this, that an essential part of good humor has an element of truth. And so <laughs> believe it or not, as silly as that statement sounded, that you just read, Bed, there is some element of fact. It's, it's replete with one word, and I'll say it this way, regret. 
people have regrets about things. Mm -hmm. And usually regrets will come up in a conversation when we talk about uh, estate planning. The estate planning conversation can be a difficult one. And the reason for it is because they may not really savor the way things have turned out in their family uh, for the most part. And I'd say, you know, it, it, sound, it might sound like this. Um, we have all this money saved and, and for what? To leave it to the kids? They don't need it. You yeah. know, they, they're doing well enough. They don't need it. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, we, we don't want to leave it to the kids. They'll just blow it. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, you know, they don't really um, have the same value system mm-hmm. we had with regard to, you know, making the money and then managing the money and then passing along, you know, from their standpoint, they've hit the lottery. Right. So are they really going to preserve it? Or, or here's another one. And, and these are actual things that we've heard. My daughter is married to an ex-convict who has addiction, abuse, substance problems and runs around on her. And he says to her, I can't wait till your parents die so we can get a big fat paycheck. Wow. Well, what do you do with that gal? Do, do you disinherit her? We don't want to do that. So you have to think about these things, but you have regrets about what do you do? You know, didn't we raise her properly? Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. That's not the fact. We are where we are in life. And now we have to do something with this large amount that we have that she's going to get at some point. And we don't want to disadvantage her or her children or future generations. And so maybe talking about a trust would be the best way to go about it. Or here's another one, Barb. The more money, and I've heard this said a, a lot, the more money we saved and invested, we've really scrimped and saved and we, you know, basically disadvantaged ourselves so we could put money away for the future. And now we have a large nest egg and the larger it gets, what we thought was a blessing has actually become a burden because we're actually worried about losing it through scams Mm. or market declines, market crashes. What do we do? Okay. And so uh, we have no peace of mind as far as a market crash or something of this nature. So we want to kind of address these issues. I mean, there's, there's some regrets along the way here because people are not getting the right advice. Oh, that's fearful. I mean, that's that, that person's living in fear. And I've heard, seen that before too. Uh, you know, people have a, an amount of money that they're never going to spend and they're still, they're still living in fear. How about one, two, I, I met with a client that said that their kids are planning on <laughs> when they're gone. I don't know how you do this. Uh, can, can you time it right? When they're gone, their, their money, the parents' money is going to be used for their retirement. So I guess the kids didn't save any money oh, for yes. retirement because they're planning on the parents. But no, you don't have one parent. You got two. So you're not sure when you're going to what you're going to do with your retirement. But anyways, yeah, we've we've heard many things. Well, this is interesting, Phil, because uh, this is uh, the the statement. I should have spent more. There's there's some legitimacy to it. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. this is when I looked at some research for Michael Kitsis, who we follow quite regularly, and a financial writer and a financial planner in, in the industry, very sought after. And he wrote an article last year, February 20th, 2019, uh, two years ago, I guess it would be. The truth is you can end up with far more excess in your retirement accounts. Well, the first and foremost consideration in retirement is spending. The spending habits, the budget is the driver. Now, when creating uh, income plans for people, People get upset with me if I tell them they don't have a sustainable plan, but it's numbers. It's what have you saved? What do you need to live on? And will this last for 30 years? And sometimes the answer is no, it's not sustainable. And they go back and look at expenses. But according to this research from Michael Kitsis, because of how long-term returns compound to the upside, favorable sequences of returns produce far more excess than unfavorable sequences of risk to the downside. But with the downside, you have to look at early withdrawals, and that's also something to consider Mm -hmm. if the market's down and you're withdrawing from your retirement accounts. 
So for example, take a 4% withdrawal rate has an equal likelihood of leaving all the retirees principal left at the end of retirement or leaving six times the starting account balance remaining instead. Interesting, I thought. But uh, now, now the latter ending up with that much more than you started with would probably be someone or a couple that was very healthy during retirement and they didn't have any you know, long-term care issues, no, uh, no going to the nursing home, et cetera. So it's important to give consideration to the upside potential. You know, you've got more up years in the stock market than you do down years. If the opposite were true, then people wouldn't invest their money. So what's the answer to not be left with a lot of money at the end of life? Flexible spending. So in a good year, you can take some off the top. And in a down year, uh, can you be willing to take, uh, can you be willing to withdraw less? It's definitely, uh, it's okay to save. It's okay to save what we're saying. <laughs> if you, you could spend, obviously, that's part of the plan, but um, you, you, we'll find a way to, to do with that money uh, later on in life if you have a lot left. Life insurance comes up quite a bit, too, I think, and people kind of go back and forth on, should I buy life insurance? What kind of policy should I buy? Um, how much money should I put into that? That kind of stuff. But it gets you thinking about this statement that you'll never really hear anybody say as you consider it. The life insurance payout I got when my husband died was a little insulting because it's like I thought I couldn't ha- like he thought I couldn't handle the finances without some help. Yeah, Ben, I I don't think I've ever heard uh, from a widow uh, making that statement. Have you, Barb? No, I don't, that's a that's uh, a one of those never nevers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but years ago when I was selling a lot of life insurance, I did hear a husband say the following. Now get this. He said this. He says, I don't want my wife to just be, you know, remarrying some guy and he and her are sitting on the front porch of the of the house and he says to her, Wow, honey, I sure am glad that your husband bought life insurance. <laughs> Look how you got us set up, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that uh, of all the years that I've been uh, in the financial services business, uh, it's a rare occasion when I saw a widow presented with an adequate death check. True. from an insurance company. Uh, I remember how serious this became to me uh, the first time. I was called by a banker one time who uh, told me that somebody, one of his clients, a farm gal, had taken out a, a big loan, $300,000 loan, and, and they needed life insurance to cover this loan. Would I be willing to set it up for them? And I said, sure. And uh, I can remember we got a $300,000 term life insurance policy to this gal on a Friday. And the next day she was going out of town on vacation got word on Monday, she was killed in an auto accident and wow. she had three minor children. And I began to realize the importance of not only life insurance, but having the mm. adequate amounts of life insurance and how serious this particular business was as far as my planning process and how inadequate the life insurance industry really mm. has uh, has handled this topic. And so the average death claim is between twenty dollars to $50,000 even today when and it should nothing. be. Yeah, this we're talking about now is a death benefit you know, for younger people. Uh, when it should be somewhere between 500000 and a million dollars to compensate that family for the remainder of their life without, without the help of that breadwinner or part of the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. So why is this happening? It's because of it's more profitable for the insurance industry to sell high-priced, low-value, low whole life insurance policies. Uh, early in life, mm-hmm. it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. And so uh, people don't buy the adequate amount of insurance that they need. And so we see traditionally lower amounts of death claims uh, being paid out. Well, you know, the funny thing is I look at um, the, it's called the I word <laughs> insurance mm-hmm. and, and no one wants to buy any kind of insurance. People automatically buy 
maybe some disability insurance, but home insurance, auto insurance, you, you, you buy those and don't think about it. Um, but when it's replacing income like life insurance, um, people people don't want to talk about life insurance. That's probably the, the most oh, often. Not, it's about it's, death and, and dying. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of an icky subject, it's kind of morbid. as we call it. Yeah. But it's actually interesting that most people don't want to buy, you know, of course, life insurance, but I'm sure there's no one that's ever said, I think I got too much money when my husband died, like you said, Phil. Yeah. Um, if you're the major breadwinner, of course, you have a family and a mortgage and you have to have life insurance. You're replacing income. If you're getting ready to retire, maybe not so much of a need unless you have to replace pension income. But the one thing that you may want to consider and others have is, uh, is an estate planning tool. Mm. This has been a consideration for some, but not all. And I, I, I refer to it as a mega Roth concept. So the Roth IRAs are tax-free, as you know. And for those that aren't needing their IRAs for retirement income, some are considering taking their RMDs, paying the taxes, and funding a life insurance policy that pays out on a second death. If you're paying a premium for a number of years. It can be for, say, a total of 10 years. And in the end, you have a policy that pays out income tax-free to your kids. Here's the question. What is the money for? I have a number of clients that are not needing the money so the, for them from their required distribution, so they'll take it because they're required to pay the tax and then fund this. And they are just adamant about the fact that the, um, they're going to be leaving their kids and grandkids with an exorbitant amount of uh, taxation. And so they're, they're okay with doing that. And that, that is a concept that isn't for everyone. So again, the question with something like that is, what is the money for? Well, we've talked about this before, Barb, where uh, with the taxes being increased, and we can figure out that the estate, the federal estate tax is going to be increased as well as time goes on because of the huge deficits. So a lot of these families that are going to be inheriting huge uh, IRA accounts or 401k accounts could lose anywhere from 50 to 70% sure. of that to a combination of federal estate taxes, state taxes, and ordinary taxes. And so we have used successfully in times past life insurance as a buffer against that, where they would be able to use the life insurance to pay for the tax end of things, or to even pass the estate along completely tax-free to their heirs using life insurance. Right. That's a good tool. Mm-hmm. So life insurance uh, is definitely something to be considering and uh, discussing with a uh, specialist like Barbara and Phil. All right, last thing nobody will say, and let's, uh, let's wrap it up with taxes because this has been a, <laughs> a big topic for, for many people over the past years. Tax rates are, have been very low. Will you hear anybody say, and maybe Phil, I think you'll probably get a kick out of this one. It makes me feel patriotic to pay more taxes than I have to. So I don't enjoy finding ways to pay less. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm a patriot and I'm going to pay uh, more than I have to. Because I know the government needs to go ahead and fly those, uh, buy those bombers that don't fly, right? So we want to. Yeah, guess sure what, Phil? You're going to have your opportunity real soon. Yeah, that's right. I'll have, I'll have plenty of opportunity to spend that money on tax. Wow. So that's, a, that's, of course, a never, ever, ever response. Um, but according to the sixth, 16th Amendment, we do have a civic duty to pay taxes, of course. And did you know that uh, Social Security makes up for the most part of our federal uh, budget? So we pay our fair share of taxes. But I think it becomes less and less productive to do so when we're not seeing the deficit decrease. And uh, now this, this new proposed stimulus, it, stimulus is nothing more than a future tax on the Americans. And we don't even know what that looks like. If, when I was glancing at it yesterday, I started reading what's all in that package. And I, I understand when this, the government does shut down businesses, it's, it is their duty to help them because they, mm -hmm. it was government uh, mandate. Um, but everything else that's in here in, in this, you know, they're talking about trillions of dollars, oh, like, this, like it's thousands. Can you yeah. believe that? It's just unreal. 
But right now and until 2025, because President Trump's tax plan was temporary, we are in the lowest taxing environment historically. Highest tax bracket is 37%, and many people pay nowhere near that. So for, for 45 years, the highest bracket never dropped below 70%. So the incoming administration will be raising taxes if you think you're not fulfilling your patriotic duty because they've already stated that. So just stay tuned. But currently, the state of Illinois does not tax retirement accounts. If you move somewhere else, you're going to want to check the state you're moving to and see if they do. I've had a number of clients that have actually left the state of Illinois in the last couple of years, by the way. But there's a 7% tax on retirement accounts in Arkansas, for instance, and I had one client move there. That's pretty steep compared to us right now, not taxing. And Social Security is not taxed in Illinois, but other states do tax Social Security. There's actually about 13 states that do tax Social Security on top of federal taxing Social Security. And then since the vote on the amendment change in Illinois didn't pass, that would have paved the way for the state to tax retirement accounts and Social Security in the future without a vote. But now that that's off the table, well, I don't know about you, Phil, but I expect to hear about an income tax increase now because uh, that didn't go their way. <laughs> well, gosh, Barb, based on your explanation, I guess as a patriot, I shouldn't really be paying more taxes than I have to. Uh, we, you know, we don't mind paying our fair oh, share of taxes right, right. and we just uh, want to pay our fair share. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. It doesn't make you any less of a patriot to... Uh to, not, to look for, for ways to lessen your obligations when it comes right. to taxes. So something to think about. And tax planning will be a key, I think, in 2021 as we move forward. So, you know, you want to sit down with each one of these items and any planning uh, questions or concerns you might have, or if you just want to build the plan that you haven't started working on, you've been talking about, but maybe it's a resolution for the new year. Pathfinder Wealth Management can help you with that. Uh, Phil and Barbara can do that for you. You can find them online. Pathfinderwealth.com is the website and the phone number again is 815-399-9806. So thanks for uh, entertaining me and, and, and enjoying this uh, conversation. It's a different approach to it, but I thought it's a kind of a fun way to talk about some of the financial topics right. that are important. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, listeners. Yeah, and Happy New Year to everybody, too. Yes. Absolutely. We'll talk to you guys soon. Make sure you hit subscribe to the podcast. New episode every couple of weeks, and we'll look forward to talking to you on the next Retirement Pathfinder. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.